Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In July 2021, Curling Canada announced a new funding program to create new grassroots curling programs for kids. In today's episode, I speak with Helen Radford, Curling Canada's Youth Curling Manager, to find out why they created it. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Well, I wanted to get you on to talk about a new program that Curling Canada released the details of in July. Uh, Now, this is a funding initiative to encourage grassroots youth curling programs. But uh, I guess for the benefit of the listeners who may not be aware of the program, could you start by giving us a brief description of it? Sure, absolutely. Well, as we know with COVID, uh, youth sports have been heavily affected and youth curling obviously has fallen into that category as well. So we want to try to get more kids out on the ice, trying curling, take this opportunity to um, almost catch up on what we've missed through COVID. And so we've put together uh, two-year grassroots youth funding opportunities. And with the, the total goal of trying to get more kids on the ice. And we want them to try curling with their friends and classmates because we know um, curling is a social sport and most kids get involved in sport because a friend has tried it or they're going to try it with a friend. And really, we just want want them to try our sport. And we also know we're going into an Olympic year where curling will be showcased a little bit more on TV. And so we want them to have an opportunity to say, hey, that's an Olympic sport. We gave that a try at our school or, you know, or we were in a league or we were doing it with our friends or things like that. So that's kind of where, where it came from. And the reason we wanted to do a two-year plan is I know for myself, when I run a lot of pilots, we do a lot of great work putting programs together we run a pilot through the first year and then we make some great changes based on feedback from kids and, and instructors and coaches and things like that. But we don't get an opportunity to run the program a second year to really make those changes, make it even better. And then it becomes, you have a better opportunity to make it a sustainable program. So that's why we want to offer a two-year program for uh, people to get leagues going for uh, BIPOC youth projects and and schools. So when they start it in the first year, they're probably going to, you know, maybe run into some things that, oh, okay, next time we do this, we'd probably make this change. So this gives them the opportunity to have some funding for the second year to be able to say, okay, this is great. Now we're going to make this program even better because we're implementing some of the changes that we learned from, from year one in the program. If you visit the website or the one that's uh, linked at Curling Canada for the funding program, I noticed that it it basically divides into three streams that you were you just talked about. Uh, could you go into a little bit of detail with each of those streams? One is a, uh, to encourage more BIPOC youth into uh, into curling. The second is uh, to get interclub, intercity leagues going, and the third is to get more school 
related curling, uh, I guess, interest, more interest for school curling. Have I got that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we do have three different uh, opportunities and projects. So, so the first one I'll talk about is the BIPOC youth project. So that's the Black, Indigenous, People of Colour. So what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to branch out and make sure we are offering the opportunity for um, BIPOC kids to try curling. And we want them to do it with their friends and with their, you know, the organizations or groups that they that they currently work with. So it could be, you know, we just put some examples such as Boys and Girls Club or, or YMCA, YWCA, et cetera, just, just so that... Um, people understand that it can be a community association or organization that um, that we can work with and just get them to try curling. So with it, um, we're targeting for the BIPOC youth project. So kids that are kind of under 12 to under 18. So school age as well, um, but they don't have to go to school together. So it could be just a, a community group. Um, and it also could be like a soccer team or a basketball team or, you know, volleyball or so other sports, we can certainly look at how organizations are run and maybe, um, you know, in their off season or, um, you know, as a supplement to what they're doing, get them to try a new sport. Um, and what, what our, our goal is to, is to have a multi-week program. So we want to make sure that it's not just a try curling once and then, you know, that's it. We want them to try it and then go back and then, you know, have instructors there to sort of guide them, help them get better so that they get a real feel for the sport and, you know, what it's like to go into the curling center and, you know, to go together and to learn together. So it's it's a multi-week um, opportunity and it could run at the beginning of the year. It could run in the middle of the year, the end of the year. So the timing we want it to work for whichever group is sort of applying for the, for the funding. Um, and those are things that, you know, if they have any questions whatsoever, they can ask me, you know, we're thinking about this opportunity. Do you think this would work with the, the, the funding initiatives? And, and I'm always happy to sort of answer questions and, you know, the funding can help, um, contribute towards the on ice rental or the instructors or the, or transportation is usually, you know, often a, a big piece of how do we get kids to the curling club? Um, it could be equipment. So funding can kind of go to multiple, uh, multiple things that they might need a little bit of support with. Uh, and also, you know, we, we recognize that parents often, you know, drive kids to these, um, whether it's, you know, they're going to a sport or parents are usually there. So we, we do want it to be that just because they're driving their, their child to this, um, BIPOC youth curling project, well, maybe, you know, the parents give it a try too. So we're, we want to be flexible and work with whichever group is applying for the, the funding and, and, and try to, you know, get kids to the curling club. But if their parents give it a try too, and they like it, it, it might be easier for the parents to get the kids to the curling club because, you know, it gives them an opportunity to have tried the sport because many haven't tried curling. And that's what we want to do is, um, you know, get, get new people into the curling club and then get them on the ice. 
Yeah, I, I kind of see it as an extension of what the the BIPOC initiative that, that Curling Canada put out earlier this year. It, it, there was this whole um, resource booklet and et cetera that, that uh, you put out. Uh, so this is an extension of that, that like this is, I guess, in terms of it being youth focused then. Yes, absolutely. So this is, this definitely is youth focused and um, you know, we're giving to each BIPOC youth project up to $5,000 over the two years. Um, so that's, so we want to make sure that they know sort of what, what funding is available. And we will also provide the support. Like you mentioned, we also, we already have resources. We can provide the resources. So if, if they have the community group that's interested, but they don't have the curling knowledge, that's where we come in. You know, we can bring the curling knowledge and help them get to the club and sort of build that program. So um, we know a lot of our curling centers are excited about uh, getting new people to try curling uh, and especially the youth. You know, that's one thing we really want to do. We want to target youth and, and get them in the club so that they're they have an idea of what it's like to slide on the ice and feel the pebble and, you know, throw the rocks. And, and then when they see it on TV, you know, they can say, Hey, I gave that a try. I really liked it. And and doing it with their friends is obviously, you know, a big key for us. Yeah. I, I've noticed you've said that a couple of times that uh, it's important to uh, not just have individuals come in, but bring their friends in. Is, am I, re, am I hearing that correctly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and we know that in sport, a lot of reason why kids are in sport is because they enjoy being there. And it's usually because they enjoy the other kids that are there too. So if you're trying a sport for the first time, it's a lot easier to try it and more fun if you're doing it with people you're already comfortable with. So if you're trying it with people, you don't even know who they are you know, you might be a little bit hesitant or you might think, oh, I'm not very good. I don't know how to do this. But if you're going into that opportunity with friends who feel the exact same way you do, it's, it's, it's easier for them to just give it a try and have fun. And if they fall or laugh or, you know, it, you, you sort of create new memories for each other together. Before I ask you about, uh, you know, or before I give the details about the deadlines and whatnot, I, I do have some questions about some of the criteria. So maybe I'll just run them by you one by one, and maybe you can explain maybe why that was a consideration. So sure. first thing is, I noticed that you're looking, according to the article on the website, that you're looking to fund maybe 30 to 60 new programs, and it, which by implication means not existing ones. Were you just trying to get some, I don't know, innovation for lack of a better word? Yeah. Our whole goal is, is to get more kids out on the ice. So if there's already an existing program, they probably already have the funds and they're sustaining it on their own. So we're trying to provide opportunities for, for people who haven't tried curling um, to, to give it a try. So that's the, with the BIPOC youth, those would be kids that haven't, they're not currently in you know, join a, they're, they're not joined to a curling club or curling center right now. They have never tried the sport. That's particularly what that one is for. So it's definitely targeted to get new kids out on the ice. Right. Um, the intercity interclub youth leagues, that one is we're, we're trying to get just as in other sports, they have leagues that are standard. 
So for instance, if you play soccer, you know that you're going to practice a certain number of times a week, and then you're going to have say one game and same with hockey and basketball and volleyball and, and all most sports work that way. And curling hasn't always done that where it's, it's kind of just been within the curling club or curling center where it all happens. Well, we want them to branch out. We want kids to play in other clubs or centers. So, so we want them to try to connect um, with other clubs or centers so that they're playing games, not just against kids in their own um, curling club or center, but whether it's another club in the same city or outside. And it's also gives rural uh, curling clubs and centers the opportunity to join with others. So say, for instance, there's uh, one located, uh, you know, in one region of a province and then, you know, an hour away is another curling club. And then maybe, you know, 45 minutes away in another direction is another curling club. Well, maybe those three rural curling clubs could get together and say, hey, let's let's try to form a league where maybe once a month we rotate which which curling club or center is kind of hosting this league for, you know, under 15 or under 18 kind of that's our that's our target. So junior high and high school. And it gets kids an opportunity to meet new kids. What kids love to do is they love to go somewhere, you know, other than just play at the same place all the time. They like to go somewhere. So not all kids go into Bonspiels. So the competitive side kind of takes care of itself where they'll enter different Bonspiels and they'll travel. But kids who prefer sort of the recreational side of it and or just want to play once a week, things like that. If there's an interclub intercity league, then they'll look forward to, hey, you know, maybe the second Sunday of every month um, we, you know, we play against teams from, you know, areas ABC. And then they know they get to look forward to, they get to travel somewhere, they get to meet new kids. And just that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to expand because we know we know curling clubs and centers offer great leagues within themselves. We're just trying to get some of the youth to branch out so that they're not always playing against the same kids all the time. Yeah, some of these interclub inner city leagues already exist. I, I mean, there are some well-established yeah. ones in some major urban centers. I mean, I can speak for Toronto, obviously. We've had the Bantam Interclub League through the TCA. Uh, but this funding is meant to try and encourage more of this, I guess, across the country. Right. So the ones that are already existing, we have great best practices from them. And so, you know, there are, there are, the blueprint has already been produced. So it's not that anybody is, you know, recreating a wheel here. It's just trying to take um, a new area that currently doesn't have any league-based structure and implementing one. So, you know, we're, we're thrilled at there are some fabulous leagues that are happening around the country. We just want that to grow sort of beyond what's, what's currently in existence. Yeah. And, and the funding will help. That's for sure. Cause I know that for some of these leagues, yeah, that's all, that's, that's an issue. So, yeah, and we also want to, you know, we want people to get creative because these leagues, so our target is kind of U15, U18, but we're also looking at university and colleges. Mm. Like we kind of want that to, you know, if we can get some leagues going within 
um, universities and colleges that are within, you know, a certain distance of each other, that could be a lot of fun too. So this is all targeted at the recreational, um, getting people to try curling, just having fun. And with the leagues, we're also opening it up to the opportunity to have different formats. So maybe you have a doubles format, uh, maybe you have a triples format, maybe you've got the four person team. So the league doesn't have to just be, you know, a four person team playing against a four person team, just mix it up. Like we're, we're also trying to, you know, offer different options and variability for kids because, you know, maybe some kids really prefer doubles, but they don't know it because they haven't tried it. So if somebody tries a doubles league, you know, maybe they'll learn a little bit more about that or, or a triples league, you know, where, and it could be teams are are formed and play together, or it could be a league where you just sign up individually and you get thrown together as a team. So there, there, are, there's a lot of flexibility with what we're we're trying to provide funds for. Um, so we're just trying to leave it a little bit open where people can be creative, and just so that we get more kids on the ice and having fun doing it. Well. Let me ask you about the the third stream then. Uh, it was maybe in my own head, the one that maybe needs a bit more clarifying for me, which is the school stream. How, how do you picture that working? Uh, what kind of uh, proposals or ideas are you, are you thinking when it comes to the school stream? Well, again, this one is we're, we, what we would love is we would love for curling to be in all phys ed programs. So okay. that would be, you know, the ultimate goal. So, and in some areas of the country, it is. So curling is immersed into phys ed programs at the high school level. Um, what we're just trying to provide the opportunity here is maybe there's a school that wants to try, you know, get kids out, say the grade sixes, they say they've targeted grade six. And they think, you know what, maybe with this, we'll try to get the grade sixes out. We'll get them on the ice four times. So it gets those kids to the curling club four times in one year. And so that it gives them an opportunity to try curling. Instead of just going once, they go a few times, they go with their classmates. And then maybe when they get to high school and there's phys ed in the program, they say, hey, I tried curling. I kind of liked it. And, you know, it might sort of help them as they experience the sport or, and then the fall. So that would be in year one. And then in year two, the grade sixes would do it again. So it would be a whole new group of kids. So it's not the same. You're not following the kids through. It's kind of, you know, I understand I was a school teacher for a long time. So if you, if we, you know, have a a project for grade sixes one year, then we can run it again the following year. So we'd be able to have the funding for it. So we've offered more funding for the school program because we know that it's, it is more difficult for transportation and that's right. the biggest expense. So for that one, it's up to $10,000 that um, a school can get with funding this program over two years, just simply because we know that transportation is the biggest, um, the biggest drawback. And, you know, we're excited to, to work with, uh, our member associations because they want to get more kids on the ice too. And if we can connect with schools, so it could be any grade, it could be grade six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, like whatever grade four, whatever the, the schools kind of 
you know, deem it to be uh, in their best interest. And often it's, it's where a teacher is who's connected to curling, who wants to see this happen. So um, there, there's no, you know, specific age group that it's targeted. Uh, so it could be elementary, junior high, high school. Um, and we want it to be a multi, you know, a multi-week program so that they get an opportunity to try curling, you know, at least a few times. And we want them to do it with their friends, you know, and their classmates. And if we do that, then we also uh, get an opportunity to reach more kids. So this could be in a rural setting. This could be an urban setting. Like really the school um, project is, can be anywhere in the country. It could be in a territory. It could be in a province. It, you know, there are lots of opportunities where, where this can happen. And so we do know that some school programs were running for a while and, and had been disbanded you know, for various reasons, well, here's a great way we can kickstart those again. Right. You know, so it's not to say, oh, you ran a school program, you know, three years ago, but you don't have it anymore. It's like, hey, let's get this going again. You know, if there's, if we've got the resources um, and the capacity, then let's help you with some funding. Let's connect you with your, the member association. Let's get everybody involved. So it's just, you know, we, we think it's getting into the school program is, is obviously a goal of ours to, um, to have it full-time in school, whether it's in a high school um, program or junior high program. And we also know some schools are in close proximity to a curling club or curling center. And so, you know, maybe those ones already run a curling program and maybe, ones are a little bit farther out and they're, they need more money for transportation to get there. So it, it's varied, you know, how uh, different groups would need the funding to be dispersed. And we want to work with them to support them so that we, we get lots of kids out on the ice in the next couple of years. Well, speaking of money, where does this money come from? It's quite a significant amount. Uh, uh, According to the article, it, it was raised through the For the Love of Curling Philanthropic Program. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. So we have some fabulous um, donors that have contributed to toward youth curling. And obviously, um, in the last year and a half, we've had quite a quite a hit in our youth curling initiatives. And we've had to, to not be able to run many of them. And, and it's sort of impacted everyone across the country in various ways. So all of our uh, donors have are 100% in support of this because they too recognize how kids have been affected through COVID and they've stepped up and said, we really support this. We think this is a great idea. Um, and we're you know financially putting our support behind it as well. Let me just go over a few technical things in the application. Uh, one is that it has to have the support of a provincial territorial association. Uh, another is that, as you mentioned, it's got to be multi-week. It can't just be a one-time only thing. And it sounds like you're really trying to emphasize uh, uh, community partnerships, uh, that uh, you want people to list uh, any groups or organizations that we're working with to, uh, to make this happen. Uh, am I getting that all right? It's all absolutely correct. So, and the member associations are excited to work with it. So it, uh, in some cases, the member association will be directly involved. And in some cases they won't be. 
Um, but we just want to make sure that everybody, as you say, is connected because that's how programs will be successful in the future is if we're all kind of working together to achieve the same goals. Um, and the member associations can also provide lots of support beyond we're providing the sort of the funding side of it and members association can they can help out if if uh, a group needs instructors and they're not sure how to get them that's where the member association can say okay you know this is this is a, a club in, in good standing with us you know we want to make sure that this program works so you know they'll step in and help out as well so there are a lot of people that um as you know <laughs> Every um, every project that you run, you need lots of different support. And so we just want to make sure if everybody's kind of connected with the same goals, then it has a better chance of being successful. Absolutely. The deadline for submissions is September 30th of this year. And uh, decisions in terms of whose projects will be accepted uh, it says October 29th uh, of this year. Uh, so get your applications in. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, and then I'll, I'll have on the on our show notes the, the website, a link to the website with those, uh, those applications and more information about the program. Uh, Helen, before I let you go, though, I, I mean, I'm going to uh, maybe ask on behalf of the listeners, if someone is thinking about submitting an application to this program uh, and hopefully get funding for their for their idea, do you have any uh, advice or, or tips for them uh, when it comes to f- filling out the application or, or maybe even the type of program that they submit? Uh, what, can, what can increase their chances? Well, I, that's a great question. I think the key is um, take a look at the application. And the reason we uh, released it last month and the deadline isn't until the end of September is because we wanted people to have some time to think about it. And we know curling's not in right now. So, and we will also be sending out reminders in September um, about this to, and so your podcast is great because it kind of helps us promote it a little bit more. So thank you for that. Um And what I would suggest is if they have an idea, take a look at the application of the questions that are being asked, you know, find out sort of where, where are the kids coming from that they think that, you know, this would be a really good program. And then if they're not sure if they've got a program that would be successful, reach out to me. My contact information is is directly on the application. I'm happy to answer questions at any time. Reach out to your member association, your provincial or territorial association, and just say, hey, I'm thinking about this. You know, what do you think? And it's always it's always better to ask questions at the beginning before you write out the whole application. And then, you know, the the tips and tricks are basically, do you have the support in place for it to be sustainable, you know, for the two years and then hopefully beyond that. That's kind of the key. You know, do you have the key players in place? And if not, then contact us and let's work together and see if we can um, piece it all together and make it work. Like we, and we want people to be creative. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you must do ABC, uh, be creative. And we look forward to, to reading the applications and, and, 
giving out lots of money. Now we're not, um, October 29th is sort of the end date. So it doesn't mean that uh, on October 29th, you know, you will find out. So I've got a committee that will be reviewing all of the applications after the September 30th deadline. So there's a very good chance we will be releasing um, who was accepted before then. But what we want to do is we want people to know in October that they have the money so that they can then run the program sometime next season. So if we wait longer into the season, then it's harder for them to sort of make the commitment of, okay, we are going to run this. So that's essentially the, the timing of it. We wanted to make sure clubs were sort of back in operation and then um, make sure that their you know, funding is confirmed early on in the year. Oh, that's great. Thank you for clarifying that. You're right. I, I agree with you. I, I'm excited to see what ideas come out of this. Uh, we we can always use more innovation and some creativity in the sport. And uh, I know that when they had the the gender equity awards uh, earlier this year, th- there were some really uh, creative proposals and ideas that were uh, successful. So uh, I'm, I'm seeing this, uh, hopefully there'll be more come in this time around. So thanks again. And I would encourage anyone, if you have or are thinking about putting in an application to reach out to Helen and and, and run it by her. But uh, yeah, Helen, thanks again for joining me. And uh, yeah, good luck with us. Yeah, thanks very much, Glenn. So that was my conversation with Helen. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.